ashamed of the gospel, y'all. Uh, it's the power of God which can save us all. In the gospel, the righteousness of God's revealed. Yeah. And who lives by faith, the righteous Welcome to Theology Matters, where we discuss theological issues through a biblical worldview. The gospel preached in clarity for the sake of the elect and for the glory of God. Here's your host, Austin Ryan Griffin. Alrighty, jumping into this, I wanna I wanna read a verse so we can kind of set our, our our frame of thinking. Colossians chapter two verse eight. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, elementary spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him. The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head who is the head of all rule and authority. Uh, I have to start it off uh, by reading that verse. Uh, I believe we're going to address some a philosophy, a destructive, corrosive, deceptive uh, philosophy that is based in human tradition and the elementary spirits of this world. And um I want to address it, and so this episode is going to be about Marxism. Uh, Marxism, it, we, we're seeing an invasion, uh, honestly, an invasion of Marxism uh, that has taken uh, place everywhere. You see it, and so I, I'm going to attempt to lay out what is the ideology of uh, Marxism and cultural Marxism, and you ha- we have to understand ideas and words matter. Uh, through this program, we seek to lay out the theology. Bad theology hurts people. It's destructive to a family. It's destructive to a church. It's destructive to a nation, uh, a community of people. Bad theology is, is bad, and we seek to address everything through a biblical worldview. Theology matters. It leads to proper and distinct doxology. So we are going to—I'm going to attempt to lay out the ideology of Marxism— and I'm trying not to do it to where it's just super boring, but we have to understand ideas and words matter. Ideas and words matter. And those ideas and words lead to something. And so we have to understand that no matter what side you're on, on the multitude of these issues going on in our culture, we have to understand we have to understand what some of these terms and ideas are meaning and what they're being utilized for. What's the agenda behind them? And and so what, what do they mean? So, okay, we'll attempt to jump into this. Marxism comes from an ideology and philosophy of a man named Karl Marx. Karl Hendricks Marx was a German philosopher, economist, a historian, a sociologist, and a political theorist, a journalist, and a socialist revolutionary. He, a socialist revolutionary, he was born in Tyr, Germany. Marx studied law and philosophy at a university. And he, and, and I have to lay out, this is where this ideology comes from. So we have to lay this out. We have to understand where this ideology and this philosophy comes from. He was an atheist and a materialist. Um, and he, along with Frederick Engels, Karl Marx, wrote the Communist 
manifesto. If you've ever heard of communism, uh, he would have been understood to have been like the father of the political philosophy and ideology of known as communism. And listen to me really careful, brothers and sisters, anybody, whoever's listening. Communism is evil, demonic, godless, and a wicked ideology. And it has resulted in many deaths in this world. And, and when I say that, I don't say that because I'm just on Team America or based on some political favoritism or bias or partiality that I have. No. Communism is evil, and it has resulted in the Holocaust. It has resulted in the, um, the, the, the deaths that have reigned in the Soviet Union, uh, Mao, and, and has led to the persecution of many Christians, many Christians, and millions, if probably hundreds of millions of deaths in this world. Communism is linked to all that. It is wicked. And why do I say that? It's, do I say that just because I'm an American? Absolutely not. Uh, people f that are ran by communist dictators dictatorships will tell you communism's evil it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm an American of course uh, you know I could be biased on some issues but I don't allow my bias to interpret what's going on I allow the word of God I, I say that based off a Christian worldview I say that based off a Christian worldview Marxism is the same as communism Marxism is the same Marxism um, is very destructive. Uh, it's extremely, it's extremely incoherent. It's a godless ideology, and I'm gonna attempt. I'm gonna attempt. Now, I, I, I am not. Uh, I'm merely a student that I'm still studying. I don't have it all figured out, but I am studying, and I want to seek to help you out and inform you as a Christian. That way, you have the proper distinctions and understanding to engage the world with a biblical worldview, and so. Marx, it, 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 Marxism is an ideology, and I'm not I'm not gonna uh, be able to explain this 100 uh, percent in the best way. I, I I hope you understand what I'm saying, but the but the way Marx seen stuff, he's seen the world through the lens of the proletarians and the bourgeois or. The brogeries, and, and I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, but he's seen that the proter the proterians and the brogeries, and the brogeries have here's how he's seen the world. He has mo they have most of the money, and they have control of the means of mass productions. And the proterians are the ones proletarians are the ones who are used and abused by the brogeries, i.e., those are the pressers. So. He, he sees the world in the lens of those who are in control of the wealth, the capitalists who are in control of the, pro, of the jobs, those who are hiring. He, he sees the world in the lens of the oppressor and the oppressed. He sees the world in the lens of the oppressive employer and the oppressed employee. So that's very important. We've got to point that out. In his worldview, because it is a worldview, he sees the world in the lens of the oppressor and the oppressed. And let me point something out. He was an atheist and a materialist. 
He had no transcendent meaning to a lot of these things. He was an atheist, and we all know as Christians, uh, I'm a presuppositionalist. I don't believe that, that there's really an atheist. I believe everyone knows there's a God. They just suppress the truth and unrighteousness. They rebel. They refuse to believe. And so atheists is actually anti-theism. They are in rebellion and hostile towards the knowledge of God, and they seek to suppress the knowledge of God. And so I just want to point that out. And so uh, I am doing a little thing where I'm going Facebook Live, just a teaser. Uh, All of you will have to go to my podcast to check the rest of this out. So, but he is an atheist and a materialist, and and he sees history as having a material pattern. And the material pattern he views is that all of history, all the history of all things, are categorized and are uh, summarized as class struggles, as class struggles. He said that, or, or, or he said that class struggles, and to quote the Communist Manifesto, which, by the way, is not a good, good read. I don't like reading it, but I read uh, a lot of it, or uh, maybe most of it. Uh, But in my reading, and I'll quote it, he said, the class struggle is central to all existing societies, i.e. the history of class struggle. It's the foundation of history and society, according to him. So if so, you see it, you see that it is central to history and understanding history. So you see that anytime you use word like it's central, you're starting to see that Marxism is a developed ideology or a developed worldview. It's a worldview, brothers and sisters. It divides up in classes. It divides up in class in in class systems. So you're starting to see it divides up in class systems and that there is an economical divide that that naturally takes place in capitalism. And he argued that history was getting better and improving and he uh, was partially influenced by a philosopher named Hegel who argued that you know uh, history is evolving, it's getting better, it's getting better through through many revolution uh, you know revolutions that take place. Uh, it's it's getting better. Um and how in in Marxist idea, how was it going to get better? It was he he concluded that capitalism was inevitable to fall, and that there was going to be a socialist revolution that was going to destroy capitalism. And he argued that it was inevitable. Well, it didn't happen. There was little you know re- revolutions here and there, but it didn't happen. And thus, you you, you know, he believed that communism was the new and improved system that was going to take the place of, was going to take the place of capitalism. But we have to understand that this framework of thinking is a worldview, and it is a, it is anti-theistic, it's material, it's socioeconomic, divisive. It, this ideology and worldview that he had was destructive, and it was anti-God. It was anti-God. And I want to point something out. Karl Marx, to quote Karl Marx himself, he said, My object in life is to dethrone God and destroy capitalism. Let me say that again. To dethrone God. His object, his purpose in life was to dethrone God and destroy 
capitalism. And you got to understand, why am I talking about Marxism? Well, uh, that's what you see taking place in our country. I'll argue that's what you see taking place in the Western evangelical church through critical race theory, through the social woke gospel, the woke church. That's what's taking place. This ideology, this philosophy has crept its way in the church. And and classical Marxism, that I did a very brief synopsis of, there's a difference between classical Marxism and cultural Marxism. This is what makes the, the discussion kind of difficult because classical Marxism is an economical system and a philosophy, and he was a communist who wanted to overthrow capital, capitalism through a revolution. He saw capitalism as the he saw capitalism the current economical structure as the oppressor of the masses. And this is what's taking place in our country, brothers and sisters. To quote him again, Karl Marx, you know, an an atheist that was hostile towards God. Religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of the heartless world and the soul of the soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. It is the opium of the people. So you see, Karl Marx was very hostile to Christianity, and he borrowed, obviously, truisms from Christianity, but he contradicted them. He, he, he obviously has very... He, he preaches a worldview that is antithetical to the biblical worldview. He preaches a philosophy that is directly contradict and hostile towards the biblical theological narrative of the Bible. And the reason why most Christians would never agree with classical Marxism, Marxism, at least some of the stuff, but be, because it's some of it's obvious, but cultural Marxism is what is changing our country at large, and it's even crept into the church because it does not peek its empty head out or that's its evil, wicked head out. The devil does not disguise himself as the devil with the horns and pitchforks. No, he disguises himself as the angel of light. And these philosophies have paraded themselves and masqueraded themselves and cloaked themselves as new illuminations or new uh, illuminated thought. And I believe they are the demonic, natural philosophies that have somehow disguise themselves as justice and being what's right. Now, I want you to understand this, that cultural Marxism and classical Marxism are fundamentally the same. They're fundamentally the same. He views the world as, you know, there's the oppressed and the oppressor. There is, you know, the proletarian and the bourgeois, or I know I'm not pronouncing that right, but he, he views it through a naturalistic framework doesn't believe in anything transcendent. Uh, no, the only thing that means anything is the economical reality, the money and how people make money and class struggles. And that was Marxist. He did not, you know, he, he was a spoiled. His father was a successful lawyer, a Jewish lawyer. He was spoiled. Probably had some daddy issues. I don't know. But... You have to understand that the wickedness of communism and Marxism, 
which is hostile towards the biblical worldview, is the same thing. Cultural Marxism is the same thing fundamentally. It's the same thing. And so their basis of knowledge or their epistemology is the same. It's godless. It's anti-theistic. It borrows capitalism from the biblical worldview to then contradict and go against the biblical worldview. It's materialistic, not believing in anything spiritual, transcendent, just the physical here now. So, didn't believe in an afterlife, obviously. So, so, so why, why am I talking about this? Because Christians are borrowing this to judge what justice is and what's right and wrong. In cultural Marxism, there is no standard in which to judge what is right and wrong, at least a Christian standard, a biblical standard. Now we have to understand the way he thought, the way he's thinking, because this is, you, you got to go after the root, you got to go after the root. We can look at what's going on. We can look at the fruit of, you know, Marxism and what's going on in the culture. But in order to understand the ideology, you don't just look at the fruit, but you examine the root. And the examine of this cultural Marxist movement, the BLM movement, the social justice movement, the root is Marxism. Cultural Marxism which is founded by Marxism. This neo-Marxist movement that used this cultural narrative to accomplish its agenda. And let me just, you know, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but the agenda is that the state controls everything and you have no rights. And it's an authoritarian, totalitarian agenda which we've seen took in place over in history we've seen it with mao we've seen it with the soviet union we've seen it with uh the nazis in germany and the holocaust it's the same thing and the history will repeat itself people with certain ideologies always end up leaning towards certain actions you don't believe rape is sin well, you don't believe homosexuality is sin. Well, you don't believe theft of sin. Well, you have a false form of justice and you have a false premise to understand what is justice and what's not. You'll end up always acting unjust. So, so this cultural Marxism, we have to understand that he's he seen things based on a material. There was no God. There was no transcendent meaning. And when the revolution didn't happen... His, his followers had to explain this away, and a lot of his followers um, in, in a school in Germany called the Frankfurt School, they, ex they, they expanded the idea and the philosophy of Marxism, the thought of it, to what we know as critical theory, CT, critical theory. That, that is, we look at the world with this critical lens, the lens of Marxism worldview, and now Marx thought that, and now they expanded it as a thought that all relationships, all, you know, basically that all social relationships are based on economics and money and how to make money, et cetera, et cetera. And so all relationships are based on that. CT applied this narrative 
critical theory applied this this Marxist narrative to the culture, and they kind of gave it a cultural twist. And the CT applied this narrative of the oppressed group and the oppressive group. So there's a group that's oppressed and there's a group that's the oppressor. That's where you get identity politics from. And he expand they was expanded, this thought, this Marxist theory was expanded with critical race theory. Critical race theory expanded the Marxist theory that what you divide these groups up by race, gender, sex, and I have to separate sex and gender because that's what the culture's doing, right? And classes, et cetera, et cetera. So this idea of classes, divide up in classes, the oppressive group and the oppressive group. And so you divide that up by race and you divide that up by gender. You divide that up by what sex you identify with. These classes, these various aspects, every aspect of social life is affected by this idea, this critical theory of oppress and the oppressor. So if you are a white heterosexual male, you are the oppressor. You're the oppressor. You're the oppressor. But if you're a black woman left-handed, transsexual, you are, there's a lot of intersex, they intersect with different groups. So, you know, there's, you know, the homosexual groups oppressed, uh, the woman, women, if you're a woman, you're naturally oppressed. Uh, if you are gay, you're oppressed. Uh, if you're left-handed, you're oppressed, and they make up all these groups and categories of the oppressed. And if you, if your group intersects with another group, you're the most oppressed. So the most oppressed person in this world, or in in America, by the white heterosexual privileged American, is honestly black transsexual woman left-handed. You're the most oppressed. And they expanded, that. CCT expanded this idea and they based it off a sociological premise, race, gender, sexes. And so it's very divisive. That's where you get identity politics, destructive. It is the communist way to infiltrate and destroy this country. So now in cultural Marxism, the oppressor is no longer just seen as this rich uh you know, this rich person that's empowered by his success in a capitalist free market. No, now the oppressor is the one who is privileged by their by the capitalist markets, or it's the one who's privileged. So now there's a privileged class, a privileged race, a privileged sex, and a privileged gender. And the privileged class is the, in the privileged race, is white, male, heterosexual, straight. And this oppressed group is is oppressing those that are not in his group. And, and so the oppressed is now the underprivileged. So you have the privileged and the underprivileged. It's a mean to divide everything up into categories that have a false premise. That have a false premise. And this is where quite honestly, it gets extremely dangerous. This is where it gets really dangerous. And I know that was like a real quick view of, you know, Marxism that by any means was that not a great view or a great explanation of Marxism. 
But I, wanna, I wanted to explain some of that to you because it's very important that we understand the godless ideology and the root of this ideology and where it comes from. It's creeping into the church. So it divides up everything, and it totally contradicts the idea or the truth that we have a creator God, that there is transcendent meaning to life. Um, if, if, the, if uh, in other words... It, it, tra- it contradicts the idea, the fact that every man, regardless of the way they look and the background, is made in the image of God and is worthy of dignity and respect. It's, all, it's based on material. It's not based on a creator and there's transcendent meaning. So, so, you know, it flies right in the face of the biblical narrative. Acts 17.28, Paul said, For in him we all live and move and exist. There is none of that in the Marxist worldview, in the neo-Marxist, cultural Marxist worldview. God, in other words, this worldview seeks to become the, the, the standard and the premise to judge everything else. And this is dangerous because I see Christians adopting this worldview, and this worldview, in a sense, becomes God to them. And really what it is, it's, it's trying to enthrone the state to take everything and and be in 100% control diminishes biblical values and it flies right in the face of the biblical narrative i mean you can't read the bible and fit this godless ideology in it and people do they quote amos they quote all kinds of verses they quote verses in isaiah and you got to guard. You got to be on guard. You got to understand what a biblical worldview is. And that way, when you understand it, you can understand these foreign ideologies that are coming in and these philosophies that are on the basis according to the tradition of man. And so you, you can't, I mean, Isaiah 45, 5 through 8, I am the Lord. There is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equipped you. I equipped you though you did not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun from the west that there is no beside, there is none besides me. I am the Lord. There is no other. There, so there, there is no other basis of wisdom besides who God is, his existence, his truth, and his word. That's what we base. That's how we discern reality. That's how we discern reality. When you have another basis and standard, you're using something that's outside of God. You're using a hostile standard to God to judge reality. That's dangerous. And I attribute that to biblical ignorance, biblical illiteracy. Verse 7, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Shower, O heavens, from above. Let the clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, created it. See, there's no room for that in the Marxist. There's no room for that in the Marxist. The Bible says that the Lord created the rich and the poor. There's no room for that in the Marxist worldview. There's no room that if you follow biblical principles, that if you do what is just, that if 
that if you do what is right, obviously, to the nation that follows God, there will be blessings. There will be a lifestyle of righteousness. It doesn't have that premise. It does not have that premise. Um, it, it, I mean, it flies right in the face of a biblical worldview. And a biblical worldview is important. It's important, Christian. They will try to use this for their agenda. And they have an agenda. I'm not a, I don't have to be into conspiracy. No, they have an agenda. Because the Bible does teach about justice. And the Bible does teach about the oppressed. But they will use, use those verses to fit into their Marxist ideology. And it doesn't. It doesn't. They have a perverted form of justice, a perverted form of seeing the world. You can't borrow, you can't borrow this godless ideology in the pursuit of biblical justice. You just can't. You can't. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 too, the Bible says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, this spirit of the age, this world's thinking. You can't do you can't borrow an epistemology, a basis, a theory of knowledge that is against the fear of the Lord. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Social justice does just that. It borrows from godless ideologies for the pursuit of the justice of God. I'll I'll go off on a, a tangent and say that pastors, even some pastors that I like, have fallen way under this social justice false movement at an attempt to virtue signal because they're more worried about what the unbelieving world thinks about them than they are in feeding believing sheep. And they are leading sheep right. In the name of relevance, being relevant, they have compromised the biblical narrative. They have contradicted their mission in the Great, in the, in the great Commission in the name of being pragmatic and relevant, and I think it's dangerous. I think it's very dangerous. They have a false worldly standard that revolves around this world. They revolve around, I'm sorry, they have a false worldly standard that revolves around the world, the worldview of the Marxist. And if you're a Christian, let, let, now just hear me out. Hear me out. If you're a Christian... If you're a Christian and you stand with Black Lives Matter, because there, there's the deception, Black Lives Matter. Well, of course Black Lives Matter. But on what basis does anything matter? I posted on Facebook, nothing matters if it's outside of a biblical worldview. What does that mean? The only reason we have light, dignity and value of life is because that's a Christian thing. That's a Christian worldview. No life matters if, if it's separated from God. Nothing matters. You, you can only base a sense of matter and meaningfulness in a Christian worldview. So yeah, I believe black lives do matter. But why? Because they're made in the image of God. That's not why black lives matter to them. It's a political agenda. It's an exploitation of the minority and they use it and they hide their godless ideologies behind right sentiment, such as the statement, Black Lives Matter. But if, and I understand it, and that's how it's deceptive. But the actual movement, Black Lives Matter, the political movement, Black Lives Matter, 
if you support them, I, I, I want to, I want you to listen to this. This is, this is one of the founders. This is one of the founders. Uh, I think her name is Patrice Colors. Patrice Colors. Um, I could be off on that for some reason. I had, oh yeah, Patrice Colors. Listen to what she has to say about what her BLM, uh, she's one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, the organization. Listen to this. I want you to pay attention and listen to what she says. In particular, our trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. Marxist. We're trained Marxist. You have to ask yourself, what is the worldview of a Marxist? What is the agenda of a Marxist? What are they trying to accomplish? I can tell you one thing. It's not justice. It's not justice. It's not biblical justice. It's not justice anyway. They have a false, unbiblical worldview that is destructive, leads to communism, which leads, which I mean, it's going to repeat itself. Listen, Proverbs nine ten: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The ends in another philosophy that Karl Marx made: the ends justifies the means. And I know a lot of practical people use that. I know, uh, you know, this, this country has used that. So whatever we have to do to achieve the ultimate good for what we deem and understand as justice, for what we deem and understand is important what we know what they understand through their Marxist worldview, what justice is, whatever we have to do, whatever means – so the, the ends justifies the means. So whatever we got to do to get to the end, the ultimate good, it's justified. So we can, we can riot. We can burn down buildings. We can respond to the government with force and evil and theft and destruction of property, which is sin. It's sin, but it justifies the means. It's sin nonetheless, but it justifies the means. And I know this country is guilty of that, and a lot of everybody, every country is probably guilty of that, but it's not Christian at all. It's returning evil for evil. First Peter, I mean, First Peter 3, 9, not returning evil for evil, or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. They are exploiting the racial divide of America and making it worse. It wasn't as bad as they in, until Obama stepped in. It was not a bad. It was not as bad until this stepped in. Until all this stepped in. Listen, the Bible is very clear. You can't use evil to bring about good. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. This is why, uh, honestly, this is absolutely why I do not respect this ideology. I do not respect it at all. And it has crept into our church through, you know, the woke gospel, social justice, and anytime you have to put an adjective before the noun justice it's 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 
its usage is sociolo- it has a sociological basis rather than a biblical basis than defining it. You redefine justice. You have to put social, you redefined it. Let me be really clear. Race is a social construct, not a biblical truth. Period. I mean, if we're going to call racism what it is, it's tribalism. It's right, it's wrong. It should be condemned. It's evil. Racism is evil. But they redefine racism as you are privileged by the economical structure. And so therefore, black people can't be racist because they're in a minority and, and they're not in power. They de- define racism by power struggles. Not the Webster def- definition of racism. And it crept into this church. It crept in, it's creeping into the church by social justice. And, you know, of course, God is a God of justice. That's Isaiah 30. Social justice and biblical justice are in direct contradiction to each other. And God, his inspired word, God and his inspired word are not are non-contradictory. They do not contradict. They are always consistent. The difference is justice is getting what you deserve without favor. Without favor. Social justice uses favoritism and partiality. James 1, everybody knows the verse. James 1, my brother, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Justice is based, is justice is not based on race, color, or how much money you got. No. So if someone robs someone, so let me just give you an example, show you how contradictory this is. I'm going to try my best. Well, I'll wrap this up. So if someone robs someone and they are caught and through due process is found guilty, he should be held to the full consequence of the law and punished. That's what justice demands. That's what justice demands. And the justice, you know, according unto the law, all are equal, etc., etc. The standard of God's word, honestly, as Christians, is what we should be judging by. Understandably, there you know there's there was unjust stuff that you know happened in America. Of course, you know Jim Crow laws, wicked and evil. You should condemn it, repudiate it. I believe prison, in a lot of way, is unjust and unbiblical. Absolutely, but this idea that there's systemic stuff inside of our laws that is racist, no, absolutely not. Name a law. Name a law. Give me a statute. See, injustice, that man deserves to be punished by the law. But in social justice, they don't just look at whether he's guilty. Not only that, they don't look at what he's guilty, but they look at his color. They look at his economical status, his class. They look at what his upbringing was. And or and now, was the person he robbed racist? Was he poor or wealthy? Is he a member of a group that has been historically oppressed? These Marxist and anti-biblical standards, you see it. And it's crept into the way in the church through critical race theory, which is there's critical theory, CT, and then there's critical race theory, CRT, and it is just a mess, a jumble of mess. 
So true justice, everyone is equal. Why? Because justice is based on truth. The false theory of justice doesn't does not take into account in other words, Marxism, critical race doesn't take into consideration or Marxism doesn't take into consideration sin, the fallen state of this world, the fallen state of a person. So this person walks into the courtroom, they're guilty. That's what justice demands. It's colorblind. But so if that man who robs someone, if he's poor and part of a lower class, then let's let's let him off. Let's be easier. That's a perverted justice. That's a perverted justice. Exodus, and I'll end with this, Exodus chapter 23, 1 through 7. Look at this. Just see if it fits in this, right? Because this man's poor, and let's let him off, and he's been historically oppressed, and, you know, his father's fathers were tormented by your father's fathers, so therefore now you owe him something. (laughs) It's crazy. But let's see if this fits in Exodus 23, 1-7. I'm going to read this to you. You shall not bear false report. Do not join your hand with the wicked man to be be a malicious witness. You shall not follow the masses in doing evil. Nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after a multitude in order to pervert justice. Nor shall you, verse 3, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his dispute. It's crazy. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey wandering away, you shall surely return it to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying helpless under its load, you shall refrain from leaving it to him. You shall surely release it with him. You shall not pervert justice the due to your needy brother in his dispute. Keep from a false charge. Keep, I'm sorry, keep far from a false charge. And do not kill the innocent or the righteous, for I will not acquit the guilty. Look at that. That doesn't fit into the... That, that I mean, totally contradicts the Marxist worldview. It really does. And so I just... I wanted to encourage you, Christian. Listen, read your Bible. Ask yourself, do I know what a biblical worldview is? Can you articulate what a biblical worldview is? It's not hard. Learn it. Do not be deceived by this, this, this culture and the things around you. You define reality by the word of God, by who God is. Jesus Christ bled for you, died for you, took the wrath of God and absorbed it for you so you didn't have to. And he imputed his righteousness onto your account. And when you're born again and regenerated, you are in Christ and you have his righteousness before a holy God. Do not adopt the world's thinking. Do not adopt their philosophies. Scrutinize everything under a biblical worldview. Anything, examine all things. Spiritually examine all things and don't adopt this world's epistemology, this false Marxist 
evil, demonic ideology, but examine all things under a biblical text. Anybody can use the Bible to manipulate it. But do you know the biblical Christian worldview good enough to recognize when someone's doing it? You can. You should. It's your responsibility not to be conformed to the pattern of this world. It's your responsibility not to be conformed to the pattern of this world. Put your faith in Christ. Rest in him, brothers and sisters. And I will be getting back with you. I plan on interviewing a one of the main stars in my older brother's film, Uncle Tom. His name is hopefully, well, I won't tell you his name yet, but hopefully I can get him on. Um, he is a Christian. He has one of my favorite lines in the movie, and hopefully I can interview him. Um, Uncle Tom is the second highest grossing documentary in a weekend in history. It is, I think it's somewhere over 2 million buys and downloads from UncleTom.com. It is an awesome documentary. Now, it is not a Christian film per se. There's cussing. There is Christians in it. Um, but I think it's uh, very beneficial for educational reasons. I think it's an awesome documentary. Uh, and you know, that may be bias. That may be bias because my brother made it. Uh, but... Hopefully, I can get uh, him on my podcast. So if you want to see the movie, go to UncleTom.com. You can download it. Um, I don't know if there's any uh, deals or anything like that. But stay tuned. I'll be making some more podcasts. I'll be dealing with some issues. Hit me up on my Instagram, my Facebook. God bless you guys. You guys have a blessed day. And give all your praise to King Jesus. God bless you, brothers.